It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Bordeaux away trip. My name's Alan Deegan. I'm sitting in the Huntsman yet again. This week I've got William Davis and Lindy McKenzie. Are you Lindy? Afternoon, Alan. William, who are you chatting to in the sports ground? Uh, Andy Friend and Tom Farrell come in to have a chat with us. Andy, you've had time to look at Saturday now and the win has put Connacht in a, in a position where they, they can obviously qualify for the quarterfinals, but there'll need to be a few fixes from that uh, performance. Yeah, I think the, the main one for us will be uh, our ability to take the chances that we're creating. You know, we had uh, seven opportunities in that first half there in the A zone or the, in the score zone. We only took two of them, so we need to be better at those. Um, but I thought there was a lot of good stuff too. I thought uh, yeah, our defence again seems to be a, a pretty solid wall um, and that's given us some good pay. Uh, some of our execution in our attack I thought was, you know, we had some clinical moments there, some good strong carries, but it was just a frustrating game. We couldn't seem to get going with it. Um, probably the last thing that was pleasing was the win, but um, yeah, and, and, the, and the, the way in which we held that out at the end there. So pleasing to get it, but as you say, we'll need to be better. Was there frustration with the, the, the try just before half-time, which really gave them a bit of energy, whereas the 17-0 sort of sucks it out of any dressing room? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, probably even worse than that, we had another opportunity in the far right corner there where you know, we take that score, you know, whether, it's, whether it's 22 or 24-0. Um, yeah, that's a different, different half-time dressing room in both sides. But uh, instead of us scoring there, we leaked what was a reasonably soft try. Um, yeah, so they and they after Clare gets the kick, so we go in at 17-7. And if anything, it just invites them back into the game. They know they got the wind behind their back in the second half, and you know we, we we knew we'd done that, so we had to be better there in the second half, and we knew we had a big job ahead of us. Just looking at the wind, is there at times maybe Connacht on the way they're playing seem to struggle, and this is the home ground. Do they do they need to get better at actually handling that that particular condition because they seem to go into their shells a little bit. Yeah, we listen. We've talked um, at length about our kicking game this year, uh, and actually, for the first time on the weekend, we had a really good response from a really positive kick. Matty Healy kicking the ball down that bottom left corner, kept the ball in front of the forwards from there. Sale had a line out. Our our, our forwards um, sacked them and dropped them all, which gets a, a more turnover from that scrum. Uh, we then have a really stable platform. James Mitchell gives a, a missed ball to Bundy, who gives a short ball to Kyle Goblin. We go into the post and we score. You know, and, and our key message there for our, our team on Monday was that's what happens when you kick positively. When you kick positively, keep the ball in front of your forwards. They're going to reward you, uh, and we need to be better at that. We need to see more of those types of kicks when it's on to kick, and our forwards will, will repay us. Now, Saturday, is uh, there's a lot of permutations. I don't know if you've been burning the midnight oil going through them, or is it simply, let's go and win this game first and see if we can get a bonus point second, and then how do you mix your team? Because there's probably going to have to be some changes again. Yeah, there will be some changes. Um, listen, we haven't really looked at the uh, all the different permutations and who we may be or who we may not be. All we know is that we need to get to Bordeaux and do a job. Um, it needs to be a win ideally it'd be a bonus point win uh, and then we sit back and see what happens from there and, and where we end up we know if we do win we're in a, in a quarter final spot so that's all our focus is at the minute and, and uh, we'll pick a team that we think can go and do that They've got nothing to play for 
and they are going well in the top 14. Is Does that mean they could be dangerous because they just decide to throw it around? Or if they don't really care, does that also can lead to a bit of complacency on the Connacht side? Is, is it a hard game to get a read on? Um, no, only because you know, and our, our theme this week is to know and play our role. And, and why do we do that? Because it's not about what Bordeaux do, to be honest. It's about what we do. So we, we need to know the job we need to do. We need to know what role we all play within that in getting that job done, and then we've got to go out and execute it. So uh, with respect, probably like every other teammate, we it's not about what they're doing, it's about us. And we've got to get there and, and be the best we can be. And I believe if we if we do that, well, the result will look after itself. So you won't get any complacency from our side, I can promise you that. Um, and depends what Bordeaux team turns up. As we know in France, there can, there can be many different things too. So uh, most French teams I've ever played against in France, they want to protect their, their home record, so they're going to be fighting hard. Um, so we'll, we know we'll be up for a fight there, but... I promise you we'll bring our best. Any fresh injuries from the weekend? Uh, it was that was another pleasing thing. We came out of it clean. So a physical uh, encounter, but but uh, nothing that's going to hold anyone out. Potentially, Caelan Blade might be heading in the direction of Ireland. Does that mean he's available or not? There's a lot of speculation at the moment. Um, I, I think Blade has been outstanding all year, so it wouldn't surprise me if, if he does get a call-up. Um, but again, that's out of everyone else's control. Uh, at this point in time, we believe he's available for us, so uh, we're, we're selecting and, and training accordingly. It would be a great step up for him. I mean, he is playing the best rugby of his career, and you know that's 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 what you need to be doing because injuries do happen. Yeah, I, listen, I think uh, I said I, I've only seen his, his football this year, but he, to me, he's he's exactly what you want in a nine. You know, he's. Um, he's tenacious, he's tough, he sees the game well, he's quick, he's got a great great step, his pass is very good, uh, so there's a lot to like about him and um, as I said before, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he did get a call up and if he did, I know he'd, he'd, uh, he'd perform very well for his country. And looking again at Connacht, maybe Paul Boyle, Gavin Thornbury coming back into the mix, Sean O'Brien? Yeah, Sean, he's not right yet, so that's that's still an ongoing injury concern for us. Um, Paul Boyle uh, is definitely available. Gav Thornbury definitely available. Um, so we've got a few boys um, making themselves available this weekend. And everybody's champing at the bit to go again. It's it's a, a win like Saturday, even a difficult one, sort of galvanises. And now there's a there's a prize at the end of this. Yeah, I think yeah, there's a really good feeling within the group at the moment. Um, you know, we launched our mentor program this morning with our academy, which was w- w- really well received by by academy players and senior players. There's just a good buzz around the, the place at the minute and everyone's keen to get into that starting 15. So uh, as I, said, I, I know we've got quality to pick from. Um, there'll be certain players who we may not take. There'll still be quality we won't take. But uh, I know we'll pick a 15 and a 23 that can go over there and do the job. And the mentor program, is that linking senior players with, with academy players? Yeah, it is. It's it's basically every academy player uh, had to choose a, a senior player that uh, they wanted to be mentored by. Um, they had to give three choices because on occasions we had um, certain players have picked the same bloke, but uh, just over 60% of them got their first choice player, and if they didn't get their first choice, most got their second choice, and you know, a couple got their third choice. But um, it, it's about the academy player wanting to learn something from a from a senior player. The senior player then now knowing that you know part of part of their 
uh, role here as a, as a footballer is to also give back and to give back to our young kids coming through. Um, and so we're educating them on how to be a mentor. So that all rolled out today and, and it was really well, well received. Tom, you sat out uh, last week. Just how difficult is it? I mean, it has to happen, but do you find it difficult to be rested or do you just accept that that's what happens? Um, I suppose you have to kind of accept the coach's decisions. Um, Friendly and the coaches have a plan in place and they suppose player welfare is big now as well in the game and they look to rotate. We have a big squad and we have a lot of centres in the squad, so it's probably getting that rotation in and the centre position is pretty competitive at the moment in the team, so... Um, I suppose I kind of have to accept it and respect their decision and they're probably doing what's best for the team. Uh, interesting challenge for Connacht on Saturday. They've, they they know what's in front of them and players that are selected know it's about getting the win, getting the bonus point if they can. So that focuses everybody's mind? Yeah, exactly. Um, we know going over there, a win at the minimum and if the opportunity presents itself to, to get the bonus point, we're, we're going to take that, definitely. And you're playing good rugby. You're, you're, you seem well settled and you seem well in position in, in your performances. There seems to be a, a you're, you're going forward. Yeah, probably going forward is um, it's a fair statement. Um, there's been a few games where we've been on the wrong side of the result, but there has been a lot of positives from it, and we have a, we have had a lot of um, like I said positives from them performances, and you can't see that kind of upward trend, I suppose. Ireland's been mentioned, so that's you know that's great. That's what every player wants to achieve. Do you just keep that in the, in the distance, or is that something that, that really drives you on? Um, it's probably in, it is probably in the back of my head. It's lying if I said it wasn't. Um, um, like I've, I've I've been in camps in November just for a, sh- a short stint, and I've been at a small two day camp over Christmas as well, and it has given me that taste for it and that uh, that kind of. Yeah, the taste for and to see what it's all about and uh, I really enjoyed my time there and I'm, I'm hoping to be involved again but that must help you when you're when you're playing here as well I think it's, it's, it's a, does it help your confidence or your uh, technical abilities do you pick up things that even at those little camps do you think that I can use that now when I come back to Connacht uh, you do pick up things I just probably what I noticed most was the just the speed of it and the intensity and just everything on the pitch is so fast and yeah, it's high alert. You have to be on your on the ball the whole time. And I suppose I knew I noticed when I came back, um, I could I could really feel like I could bring some stuff into it. Like just kind of up the intensity, just try up the intensity of the sessions and the speed of the whole game. I suppose. And when you, when you say that, is is there a huge difference or is it just a couple of percent? Because you're already operating at a very high level here. Um, but does it it does catch your breath a bit when you go into it? Yeah, like. Probably nowadays in rugby, nearly every team is, plays a similar shape. Like there's only like small differences and tweaks to most people's game. But like up there, like in Carton House, like it's it's it is similar rugby styles. But um, what what I almost probably is just the speed. Like I said, like it's just that kind of the intensity and always kind of checking yourself and make being in the right position at the right time and just kind of being that assertive assertive when you're in that role. You're talking about the competition here, which is which is good, but uh, is there a feeling that the structure here is is helping bring players on that that even when you know you're getting some of the results aren't happening, you're still getting a feel that we're overall there's a, there's a move forward for what Connacht are doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know we haven't won all our games, but I think even the games that we've lost, I think we've been in them, we've been in the fight right till the end, and there's. I think we've picked up the most losing bonus points in the in the league nearly. Um 
Yes, yeah, so we are on the right. We are on the right progression. We're on in the upward curve, but um, we don't really want to be just settling for improving. We want to be like we we do want to be the best. Like so, we're on there. That's the goal. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. A good win in the end. A lot of people didn't seem as happy as they they were the previous week when we'd lost, William. (laughs) But a win is a win. Yep, look, they got the job done. It was it was a messy game. Uh, the referee had a nightmare. I don't like bagging referees, but he had a really poor game. He was inconsistent. They didn't understand the decisions. Both sides were frustrated. Um, Steve Diamond afterwards was correct in my view about the TMOs. If you're going to have all this stuff, you have to have TMOs to help the referees. They, they, they referee every other game with a TMO, and then suddenly they're thrown into a game like this without one. Um... Say it could have kicked the penalty. They didn't. Uh, at the end, Connacht uh, missed opportunities in the first half to really seal the deal. And after that, it got very messy. But I think winning a game like that will help you going forward. But they will still know that they didn't get the ball off the field quick enough. They should never have given away a penalty in that line. It's stuff like that. It got a bit scratchy. But... That's where we are, and uh, Bordeaux now on Saturday, different game, different context, and a defined outcome. Uh, win, win with a bonus point gets you certain things. If you don't do that, then you mightn't be going anywhere. Indeed. Lindley, that's seven wins in nine matches. We're going very well. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great record, and you can see the momentum that is certainly building within Connacht. I think the win against Sale at home was actually quite significant. Not just because we haven't beaten Sale before in our history, but also, I think, in the manner in which we won we won that. It, it doesn't happen very often where Connacht have the wherewithal, maybe, or despite the fact they, they tried to lose it at times, <laughs> but the wherewithal to sort of grind out a win ugly. And, and I think, actually, Andy Friend alluded to it as well, that he said when he got into the changing room, that don't worry about the errors and the mistakes immediately like so much now it's the fact that you've actually won it and that's the most important thing and I think that's a a huge development for the players both for mentally particularly that they can have they can grind out a win and also and also for the, for themselves that the fact that they know they have a game plan that can certainly win it now yes we know that they contrive to lose it and we know that that sale in fact also contrived and succeeded in losing it but I think just in terms of a match against Sale against English opposition that are always difficult that we have, Connacht seem to have a, a blockage sometimes when it comes to English teams and particularly Sale and the quality of that Sale team as well I think it was a huge step forward I certainly think it was if you look at you know our record uh, against the French I think I, I tweeted one out earlier on Connacht's record in the Challenge Cup in France is one fourteen lost fifteen. If they win at the weekend, we've won as many games as we lost in France. It is not like that against English clubs. No, the record against English clubs here isn't great. The record against English clubs in England is appalling. Um, 
often with stories of daring do and nearly getting it done and not quite getting it done. I mean, even last season, the game in Worcester, 12-0 down after seven minutes, finished up being a draw, would have given us a much easier quarter-final at home to breathe and a home semi-final. It goes on. The record in France is really good. Um, and it's been good, you know, it's got better, over, in, especially recently. Yeah. So I don't think France holds much of a fear uh, but they'll still have to be on their guard on Saturday. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see what Bordeaux are up to. Uh, they've nothing to play for, really. They're flying in the top 14 now. They have a big home game the following week against a very poor Agen side. They'll be expecting to win that. So they might take the foot off the gas a bit for this because so what if you win? But then they're French and they like to win their home games. They have this thing about if you win the home games, it covers up the fact that you don't turn up away from home. So why bother worrying about it? But we'll see when the team is selected. We'll have an idea what's going on. Uh, Joe Worsley, English coach, they don't maybe think the French way. That's what they've been brought in to change that mindset. So this could be a, a very tough and very interesting afternoon for Connacht. It certainly could. Before we move on, Lindley, to talking about that game, let's have a review of the results from last weekend. On Friday evening, in Pool 1, the Newport Gwent Dragons 59, Timisvara Saracens 3, Stade Francais 35, Pau 14 in Pool 2, in Pool 3, Perpignan 27, Bordeaux Begley 34, and in Pool 4, La Rochelle 32, Zebre 10. Now we move on to the games played on Saturday. In Pool 1, Clermont Auvergne 48, Northampton Saints 40. In Pool 2, Ospreys 18, Worcester Warriors 20. In Pool 3, Connacht 20, Sale 18. In Pool 4, NSI STM Krasnorsk 9, Bristol 65. In Pool 5, Benetton 38, Agen 24, and Harlequins 38, Grenoble 20. Having a quick look at the Irish teams in the Champions Cup on Friday evening in Pool 2, Gloucester 15, Munster 41. On Saturday in Pool 1, Leinster 29, Toulouse 13. And in Pool 4, Ulster 26, Racing 92-22. In Pool 1, Clermont Auvergne on top with five wins out of five. Northampton Saints are second in that pool. Uh, They've got 16 points. Clermont Auvergne have 25. Northampton Saints have played 5-1-3. The Dragons have played 5-1-2 and have 10 points. And Timisvara Saracens are at the bottom with no wins out of five and no points. Pool 2 has the Worcester Warriors with four wins on 17 points. And the Ospreys, Stade Francais and Pau all have two wins there. The Ospreys have 12 points, Stade Francais have 10 and Pau have 8. Pool 3, the Sale Sharks are on top. They have uh, won 3, lost 2 and 17 points. Connacht have actually won 4 and lost 1, but they're only on 17 points. The bonus points being the difference with the Sale Sharks having five bonus points in Connacht 1. Bordeaux Begley have two wins and under 11 points. And poor old Perpignan have no wins, one draw, and have three points. 
In Pool 4, La Rochelle on top with 20 points, 4 wins have got them to the top of that pool. Bristol Bears are in 2nd in that pool with 3 wins on 16. Zebra have 3 wins and are on 14. And NSI, STM, Krasnorsk have no wins and they have 1 point. And finally in Pool 5, Harlequins on top with 3 wins, they have 16 points. Benetton Treviso have three wins, are on 15 points. Grenoble and Agen both have two wins, and they are on nine points. Interesting set of results, and before we move on, what we'll do now is, due to the permutations, the complicated permutations that are going on, Danny Deegan figured it out, we think, as to what's going to happen if Connick win win with a, without a bonus point, with a bonus point, lose, lose with a bonus point. There's all sorts of permutations um, as to how Connor can get through. So here's Danny Deegan to explain it all. If Connacht win with a bonus point, we will be the highest second place qualifier. And if Sale get their bonus point win, we will play Sale. Uh, depending on, uh, otherwise, depending on other results, we could face La Rochelle, Worcester, Harlequins or Bristol. If Connacht win without a bonus point, we will uh, probably play Claremont, assuming La Rochelle get, a, uh, get something from their game against Zebra. If La Rochelle lose without a bonus point, we could face Bristol, Worcester or Harlequins. Okay, then we go on to the, the, the options if we win. If we draw with three points? If we draw, uh, if we lose with a bonus point, or uh, either try or a losing bonus, or even both, we will play Claremont, assuming Benetton lose. Um, and then if we don't get anything, if we lose and don't get any points? We, we can still go through, uh, as long as Benetton lose and Ospreys don't get a bonus point. So Ospreys can win, but it just can't get a try bonus. Which we can still go through. Not that likely when they're away in France, but you never know. You, you never know. Yeah, Jesus, know. We, we, we said that, you know, we, we're in this position because Sale uh, lost. So. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're in this position because yeah, even though we've won more games than Sale, they've got more bonus points. But um, that's for another day. Thanks, Danny. No problem. And if you want to read that, that's all available on patreon.com slash craggy rugby. We'll post that um, set of permutations on there. So if you want to see that, you can, you can pop onto that site. Next weekend, let's find out who's playing when with regard to all those permutations. Here's William. In the Challenge Cup on Friday evening, in Pool 1, Northampton Saints will play Timisvara Saracens and the Dragons will entertain ASM Claremont Avernes. Both of those games kicking off at 8pm. And in Pool 5, Grenoble will play Benetton and Agen will play Harlequins. And both of those games kick off at 6.45 on Friday evening. Now, on Saturday, in Pool 2, the Worcester Warriors will play Stade Francais, and Pau will play the Ospreys, kick off at both games at 1pm Irish time. In Pool 3, Bordeaux Begley versus Connacht at 3pm Irish time, and Sale against Perpignan at the same time. And in Pool 4, Zebre will play La Rochelle and Bristol will play 
Krasnorsk. And both of those games kicking off at 3pm. In the Champions Cup, on Saturday, in Pool 4, Leicester Tigers versus Ulster will kick off at 315 and at 5.30, Munster versus the Exeter Chiefs will kick off in Limerick. And on Sunday, the final pool games of the European season 2018-19 will take place. And Wasps will play Leinster with a kickoff time of 3.15pm. So, Lindley. You've been to a fair few matches in France, and they're not always easy. No, they're not. And in fact, I particularly remember playing uh, Bordeaux in France back in... 1996. Thank you for reminding me how long ago that was. <laughs> I was just a baby then. <laughs> but I particularly remember it because it wasn't. It was. It was Begley Bordeaux at that stage, and the match um, was played, I think, in Begley as opposed to Bordeaux because it was definitely out of out of the city. But what I do remember about it is I remember the fans, and I remember the fans because I have never come across a more hostile and vicious lot of fans and when I say vicious I don't mean as in physically vicious I just mean what was coming out of them and they were hostile and I do remember actually leaving the stand I actually thought I'd better leave the stand because I was still up there working and I was probably one of the few and I was isolated from people but I do remember um, having a French a few French people not particularly pleasant to me um thinking assuming that I was I was an Irish person I was about to put my New Zealand flag up there and say sorry <laughs> sorry we'll we'll look after you this week Lenny we'll look after you the craggy crew will be there and we'll be we'll travel in numbers but I mean at the same at the same time they usually that there is a hospitality there's a, a great hospitality with French with French sides as well um it's just that particular crowd on that particular day and maybe because it was because Connaught won and they had not expected Connaught to win and as a result of that it was Connaught who were going through to the quarterfinals as well so you know and of course much has changed since we won't mention the date of that again <laughs> No, no, of course not. But uh, I think that would, that meant it was the first time an Irish side had qualified for a European quarter final of any sort. Is that it true? Was, it was also, it was also, if I remember rightly, it was Connacht became the first team to win on French soil, and I think that was the most significant aspect about that about that win. It certainly was, William. What are you expecting? You, you gave us a hint of it there a little while ago, but you know, with a bit more detail. Well, Connacht are going to make a few team changes. Uh, there's no question about that. The squad rotation will, will continue. There's no new injuries from last week, which is good. And there's a few players possibly coming back. Uh, Owen McEwen might be very close to coming back. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think this is, this is a real shot to nothing game. I think they know what they have to do. I think if you go over there thinking, well, we'll get a bonus point, or we, go and try to win the game first. And they're well capable of winning it. Um, Bordeaux are playing really well but still back of their mind this game means very little other than a home, the home record and the fact that they have top 14 action the following week but like ourselves mind you because Connacht have this vital game in Cardiff which I think really is in their heads uh, we'll be talking about that in detail next week but that game is, is around it's, it stands out it's, it's flashing so there'll be a bit of mixing and matching going on uh, I expect Bordeaux to come at them hard for the first 20 minutes, which always tends to happen in France. 
one thing I will say about them, I thought they looked a lot fitter when they were here. But that was a mixture of, that was a mixed side. So if they bring in some of the younger guys, maybe they mightn't be quite as strong on the fitness program. But now I'm I'm heading into Andy Friend territory because he's going to say, well, you know, let's concentrate on what Connacht can bring. They've won seven out of nine. They're playing decent enough rugby. They nearly got it wrong on Saturday, but they didn't. So they're still alive in this scenario. I don't see any reason why they can't go there and win. Um, a bonus point might be a bit tricky, but it could be a very open game. It could become like that game against Grenoble uh, a couple of years ago, where both, and that was a quarter final, so it had a different feel. But Bordeaux might just say, you know what, we're going to throw this ball around. That can be quite scary with a French team doing that, but they also give you spaces. And it's then that you've got to, if you see, if you see opportunities, you have to take them. Connick didn't do that on Saturday, and that's what, the, you know, be ruthless, use the opportunities that you get to put the game away. I, I am really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fascinating, and it'll be a good test for them because they are the only side that can get something out of this, so they've, they've got to be aware of that. There is a prize at the end of this. European quarterfinal could be anywhere, as we've heard, um, but that's still a good prize. That, and you can then park this thing until the end of March. It's gone. Mm. And you get in, you win that quarter, finally get into the semis. Well, that might be enough to get you into the Champions Cup because you could be up against sides that have already pre-qualified through their own uh, professional leagues. So yeah, you, you also have a situation where I realised if you do get to a semi-final and the other semi-finalist hasn't, and the other losing semi-finalist hasn't got to uh, Europe, and you end up in another playoff. <laughs> well, they love a playoff. So we'll be here on June the 16th playing the the European Challenge Cup semi-finalist playoff. Uh, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest because uh, Connacht have had more playoffs than you could shake a stick at. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think we have a very good record in them either. <laughs> no, no, but hopefully it won't be an English team. <laughs> One of the things that twists that might might actually cause Connacht a bit of trouble at the weekend is that there's possibility with the number of injuries in, in the scrum half area and for the Irish team that Caelan Blade might not be available um, due to Irish commitments. Now having said that I think Andy Friends says that he is available but there's always that possibility he might not be. What do you reckon Lily? Well I guess that's Joe Schmidt's uh, decision isn't it? Um, look, at, uh, look let's face it they're short in scrum half at the moment in the Irish team and the likelihood is, is that Caelan Blade would be called on to be, you know, to go up there to be the number two, um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily expect him to be playing. Um, maybe this weekend, possibly, but not definitely. Maybe not next weekend. I don't know. Um, I can't imagine. It, 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 you know, Ireland comes first, doesn't it? And let's face it, you know, who would, who would, you know, when you've been a player like. Caelan Blade from Monavay, a local boy who has plied his trade here so well for years and years. Why on earth could you, how could you ever, ever, you'd, you'd want him to go to Ireland, wouldn't you? It would be a most amazing experience. And even if he has to follow what Kiramamian has followed for many years, sitting on the sidelines and maybe not getting any time or maybe only getting five minutes, what an experience. Indeed. Be fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. I'd be delighted for him. Um, so Matt Healy might have to get his scrum half skills going again. Or Tiernan, didn't Tiernan? Or was that, did he play it out half in a game or did he have a go at, he, he had a go at scrum half in a game last season, didn't he? He possibly did. He took a kick, I remember. Didn't, didn't he take a, he took a kick, I think, at some stage, a vital kick. 
Yeah, yeah, he's definitely kicked penalties worse. He kicked a drop goal the last time we bet Cardiff in Cardiff. So yeah, Tiernan's Tiernan's very versatile as well. Um, but let's see. Let's let's hope that you know Kalen does get his call up and and we get another international in the team. Yeah, but it would just be great for a local guy who's come through the system and and but 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 is playing brilliant rugby. Yes, this is the best he's played for Connacht. You can see that. Uh, it's the best rugby that Jack Carty is playing as well. He's not far off uh, being in the Ireland. I mean, they miss nothing. No, you can have one thing. Joe Schmidt knows everything about every player that's qualified. He, they're on this twenty-four-seven mm-hmm. because the, the Six Nations brilliant tournament. I love it. It's five games in seven weeks of high-intensity rugby. It's very soon coming up. Ireland are the champions. They're the guys everybody's shooting at. So expect it to be hard and heavy. And uh, Tom Farrell, yep, another player. We spoke to him today. Very interesting about his experiences in the Ireland camp. Um, you know, it's it's the same stuff they they always say. It's the intensity and it's the speed of it. Everything top level sport is always that bit faster. Um, test cricket, it's faster. The bowlers are faster. Baseball, top level. The pitchers are fa- everything happens that bit quicker, and it's whether you can adapt to that and to adapt to your role. Uh, and I think the scenario that's at Connacht now means that these players, when they go to Ireland camp, they're better prepared and they're ready to take their opportunities. They they they, they know in advance what's going to be expected of them. They do indeed, and I reckon Killen will be well capable of living up to the extra speed and intensity. Of course, we have our, our quiz, William, that you've been setting some difficult questions to. Uh, the, the lads were speculating on the Match Day podcast about who's scored the most drop goals. I'm not quite sure they got a, a name in there that fitted the bill, but um, difficult questions. Good prizes. Um, so this is your last opportunity to hear the questions, and you have until midnight next Monday to get your answers in. This is the final time we'll be repeating the questions for the Craggy Rugby New Year quiz. Question one. Who captained Connacht when they won the Pro 12 title in 2016? Question two. Who has scored the most drop goals for Connacht in the professional era? Question three refers to a very famous match that Connacht played in November of 1974. November the 20th, they were playing New Zealand that day. And part A of that question is, who captained Connacht? Part B, who captained New Zealand? Part C, who scored Connacht points? Please send your answers to craggyrugby at gmail.com. We need the five answers, or as many answers as you have. And we need your name. We've got three prizes up for grabs. They include match programs signed from the Connacht Ulster match in Belfast in October. First win for Connacht there in 58 years. Ireland against New Zealand program signed by the two Connacht players who took part in that historic game in Dublin in November. And we've also got a match poster from Connacht's historic trip to Krasnorsk in Siberia in 2015. The closing date is midnight next Monday, January the 21st, and we'll be announcing the winners in the post-match podcast after the Cardiff game, which is being played on Saturday the 26th of January.
Yes, they are pretty unique prizes. I don't think you'd be able to get them anywhere else. So there you have it, folks. The only place covering the game live, with live commentary, it's not on TV, it's Galway Bay FM. Rob Murphy will be on commentary, William will be on co-commentary. I'll be doing a bit of stats in the background and some analysis along with Lindley at halftime and full-time. So if you want to listen to the game, Galway Bay FM, 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock kickoff. It's a 4 o'clock kickoff in France. It's 3 o'clock here in Ireland. Um, the only place to catch the game. So before we go, I just ask the listeners if you could do us a favour. Could you please ask anyone you know that doesn't know about the podcast to have a listen? And just spread the word a little bit. We get lots of listeners. We've got lots of great support on Patreon. We're just looking to spread the word and, and hope that you know you think our podcast is good enough that you would quite quite happily recommend it to somebody else. So if you can do that, we'd really appreciate it.